There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across London. This story was told by Kate Witeska in April 2013, where the theme was struggles. About four months ago, I didn't live here in London. I lived way up north in the Scottish Highlands, in a town where there were two ways in, either over a big mountain in a car or in a boat. And it was in this town that I met a group of people that I now refer to as family which is quite sad. <laughs> and I say family for a reason, because there were people who did like me, there were people who didn't like me, and there were people who just knew my name. And in the morning, I'd cycle along the shoreline on my way to the shop, around past the monument and around Death Corner, as the locals call it, and past the pub to the shop. And I'd see people who liked me, and they would stop for a chat, and the people who didn't like me would just do the classic head nod. And the people who just knew my name would say, Hi, Kate. And it was bliss. <laughs> and that's what I loved, the community, and people, people knew my name, and that was enough. And even if they didn't like me, I didn't care. Every single person seemed to be in this children's storybook that I felt like was my life there. And there was even a man called Duncan Digger, so-called, <laughs> is an affectionate name, because his name was Duncan and he drives a digger. Simple, but it works. And it was there that I was working on a vegetable farm and I spent most of my days picking tomatoes and it was my job to keep them alive. That's what vegetables need. They need care, like children. But there is a problem with vegetables. They do eventually die. <laughs> and I looked out of the window and I saw the leaves on the trees change from that really shocking spring green to the fiery reds of autumn. And although it was beautiful... It was sad because I knew that my time was coming to an end. So I packed my bag, I picked my last tomato, I stored my last potato, and I left. And as I drove down the, the southern roads, I saw out of the window these green curves change to straight grey, depressing lines. And I wanted to vomit. <laughs> and I think my heart was broken. <laughs> It's not, it's not funny, it's true. <laughs> this is a confession. And off I came down to London. And it might sound strange, but about a month before, me and my boyfriend had heard that his dad was about to have a hip operation. Not a hip hop operation, a hip operation. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fine line. 
and he's a gardener so me and my boyfriend decided that we would come and we would help him with his business while he recuperated so I came down to London and it was great and there's so much to do here and it is it sounds like I'm lying but it's great but I realized that if I came back from home and shut the door and nobody would knock at it especially Duncan Digger he wasn't there so I decided that I needed a community and I was ready to find it and my idea was that I would find a cafe and I would work in it and that would be my community does that sound weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but I have this theory mostly based on my dad that cafes are the perfect community centers where people congregate and I get this this from my dad because he's recently retired and he spends most of his mornings sorry dad in cafes reading the paper although he admits he won't admit this because he just likes coffee and reading the paper that this is a perfect community for him he doesn't have to talk to anyone they sometimes recognize him but this is his spot and this is where he is so I went and I applied for some jobs at a cafe and about 24 hours later I got a reply by text saying thank you for your application and please come to a group interview on Monday morning at 9 30. So I was really excited initially. I was like, yes, an interview in London. I've made it. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but then two sudden kind of problems fell down and I realised that, number one, it was going to be a group interview for a cafe, which is terrifying. And number two, they'd asked me to come via text message, which is weird. So... I arrived on Monday morning and I had the normal kind of nerves of the interview and I didn't really think about it other than that. And I opened the door and it was really quiet and there was a young man behind the counter. I say young man, it sounds ridiculous, but he looked about my age or younger, which is really difficult if you have a job. Um, So I went over to him and I said, hi, I'm here for the interview. And he waved me to a table where four people were sitting around, really awkwardly chatting. And I kind of joined the table and bulldozed the conversation immediately, really awkwardly. Um, I'm very good at it. And I asked all the questions I've got. What's your name? Where do you live? They answered. And then silent. I stared up. I stared down. I stared round. I squirmed. I moved. I kicked someone with my leg when I crossed my leg. It was really awkward. Um, And this continued for half an hour. And nobody arrived to tell us anything. And at this point, the young man from behind the counter walked over and he sat with us. And he was the interviewer. He sat there, he pointed at me, and he said, you, what's her name and tell me something about her? And I just looked at him like a naughty school kid. And I went blank. And I knew the answer to the question. I'd asked her all of this in my awkward panic. I knew the answer to the question, but I couldn't say anything because I was so shocked. So I just said nothing. And he got up and said, right, you should know this by now. It's a group interview. I'm going to give you a minute. You should all know this. And he walked off. And we exchanged all of this information between us like naughty school children. And it was horrible. And he came back and he sat down. And this went on for an hour, question after question. One of my favourites was, it's 9.30am and you're cleaning the cafe and you find a full milk jug what do you do with it? And he asked everybody the same question (laughs) until he got to the last person in the group who could only say, I agree with what's been said before. (laughs) 
someone tried to be creative, but it didn't work. That's not what they wanted. And this went on and on. And he eventually got up with his papers and he said, OK, I'm going away for five minutes. I'm going to check the CVs and I'm going to come back. So off he went. And we all kind of just sat there looking at each other and kind of giggling again, like nervous school children. And he came back and he said, uh, Nicholas, can I speak to you for a second? And Nicholas walked off out of view. We couldn't hear what was happening. And then Nicholas came back, collected his coat, said goodbye and walked out of the door. The man came back. He said, Elisa, could I speak to you for a second? Elisa went off. She came back, collected her coat, said goodbye, and off she went. And at this point, we were all just kind of staring at each other, thinking, what is going on? Is this X factor? <laughs> at this point, I really just wanted to get up and be like, this is terrible, this is degrading, you're all just, what is this? And, <laughs> but I didn't, I just sat there like a coward. And he came and sat with us and he said, well done, you've got through to the next round. <laughs> Come with me. And we followed him. And another hour went by of the customer journey and, <sighs> and making cups of tea for fake customers. And we never got to drink the cups of tea. That's all I wanted. He had a cup of tea the whole time. I never got one. Three hours went by. And it was like I'd been whirled around. In this final hour, I was numb to the world. And I didn't say anything. But still, I got through to the next round which was not on that day, it was later on in the week. He said, thanks very much, I'll get in touch. And out I went out of the door, and I was kind of, I was so confused, I walked the wrong way, away from the tube station, and I was kind of, I had this horrible tension headache, and then I realised what I had to do. Piece by piece, the reality fell upon me, and I realised, I got my phone out, and I wrote, thank you for the opportunity but I really did not agree with that interview. Send. And as I put it in my pocket, I felt this relief and this power. And I was like, yeah, you read that text. And, <laughs> and I thought that I was the best, most brilliant person in the world. And, and then I felt immediately sad about it. And I realised that I was in a position of wanting a job, not needing a job. And a lot of the people in there needed it. And as I walked down the road, I was so glad to be out of there. But I realised I wasn't going to be able to search out this community that I wanted. And Duncan Digger would not approve of this one. <laughs> For more stories, head to sparklondon.com. Spark London is produced by Joanna Yates. With audio production by Matt Hill. At rethinkdaily.co.uk. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.